You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with the sis, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Teamy76 bringing us into episode number 52 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris. Here are my guy, J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yo, joined by our special guest, the man who does us very, very well every episode, does our intro. Oh, oh, does, I'm back again. <laughs> does the greatest theme song on any pod, known to man, Teamy76. Got the hot takes, the hot bars, the hot beats. Yeah, what's fair. going on, man? You know, I'm going by fans now, but let's get it. Okay, that's let's right. Get it. Let's get it. And I, and I got and I got the takes today. <laughs> we know, and we got so much to talk about, both in college and professionally. So let's get started with the upcoming college football playoff championship game, the Ohio State University after the upset versus Clemson, taking on Alabama, arguably the best team in the league. A lot, of, a lot has been made of, of whether or not Ohio State should even have been in that situation to have been in a position to beat one of the final four teams. They they beat down Clemson, and now they're taking on Alabama. Alabama's a heavy favorite. Uh, Amy, I'm going to start with you because you're our guest. Does Ohio State have any shot versus Alabama? Uh, I just can't pick against Alabama, man. <laughs> I just can't pick against them. You know, like the talent. They, I mean, they, they, they probably, they probably like riding a little high off the Heisman win. One of their guys, you know, first, first wide receiver to win the Heisman in what twenty some years. You know, what I'm saying. So I'm thinking they almost come thirty. Out, yeah, they, they gonna come out fierce. You know, mm-hmm. 20, 20 straight points in a row in the beginning. You know, what I'm saying they gonna come out fierce. I don't think Ohio State can't stand a chance to be honest with you. What's the what's the line anyway? Uh, I'm gonna get on that while I, I'm gonna transition to Jared on this point. Um, Ohio State has a, sec- a suspect secondary. Alabama definitely has a, a great offense. Do you think Devontae Smith, like like he alluded to, Heisman win, riding a lot of momentum? Do you think that's a a, a key part to the game, Jared? Um, say that last part one more time. Do you think that Devontae Smith's uh, impact? He's going to have a, a impact, a bigger impact, coming off the momentum of winning the Heisman Trophy. I think he should have a bigger impact. I know the pressure is going to be on now because he's the third wide receiver, the third wide receiver of all time to ever win the Heisman. It was very nice to see that. Congratulations to him. Cause we, we always talk about how we see these awards, the Heisman and the MVP always go to be QB. It was great to see a non QB get it, especially in college. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to really perform up to the standards of a Heisman trophy winner, especially in this playoff championship game. I think they're, he's going to be much needed, especially when Ohio State. They don't. It's not like I'm saying they have a lack of defense, but their defense is basically boom or bust. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the teams they've played. They've only played seven games throughout the season, so you haven't got to really see the full effect of what their defense could do against certain amount of caliber teams because they haven't got to play a full season where other teams have. Right. So when you look at that, I'm, I'm I look at it as I think he's going to have a, a very big game. I think Najee Harris is going to have another big game, and it's really just going to have to go. It's, I think it's going to be an offensive battle both sides. 
but it's whichever team gets the biggest takeaway is really going to decide the factor of this game. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at both teams that have very good secondaries. Patrick Sertain is a guy on the Alabama side that I think is just a, un, a name that's not as mentioned as you want him to be mentioned. Like when they won against Notre Dame, his name came out as the defensive player of the year for Alabama and stuff like that. But like when you look at all these other names that have been mentioned and talked about on the defensive side of the ball, his name sometimes gets unrecognized. And this, this kid's a ball, or he's a stud. And I think it's going to go back and forth. I think the real battle is going to be to see who's really going to have the QB showcase, which is going to be between Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is the guy that was also on the Heisman finalist. He actually was listed higher than Justin Fields on the finalist list before they announced the Heisman winner. This is where you're going to kind of want to see, hey, man, who, who's got it? Who's got this it factor in the championship game? Who's got this clutch gene? Who's going to win us these games? Right. You've been hearing rumors that Jalen Waddle might make his return from the ankle injury that he sustained in October. I don't think he's going to be coming back to play. I really don't. I think this is just a <laughs> uh, week. I think Alabama might have leaked that little incident clip, like whatever they've been trying to showcase saying that he might be yeah. returning, that he's been practicing. I think they just leaked that out so that it messes with Ohio State's mindset. So they yeah, can maybe throw them off. Huh. Yeah, throw them off enough where they might try and game plan now a little differently than they would have if it's just Smith. Now right. they have to try and game plan for a while, which is what you do. This is a, a, a fear attack that most teams would do, especially in a championship game. You would them to kind of over prepare for a certain thing and then if he doesn't play now they, they don't have the playbook necessary to really stop a Najee Harris or uh, Devontae uh, Smith because they were so focused on Waddle coming back and ha- having Smith to deal with as well right. so right. They, I don't know Alabama you know that's something that's a saving thing to do really make sure everything gets done right and you saving came, saving came from that Belichick school of mind games the parcel school of you know yeah. trying to play chess with your opponent the thing about Alabama is um you mentioned Najee Harris you mentioned Devontae Smith. No one met, no, you know, Mac Jones kind of flies under the radar. He was a Heisman finalist as well. He's put up great numbers. The Alabama offense under uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian really is looking like a well-oiled machine. On the other side, though, we look at Ohio State, and I don't want to count out Ohio State because um, this is a team that thrives on adversity, thrives on being the underdog. You know, Ryan Day has his team very much motivated. Uh to answer your question, uh, Hamie, they start off as seven and a half point. Alabama was seven and a half point favorites, according to Vegas. Um, River Sugar House Casino in Philadelphia has them at nine and a half, uh, nine point favorites right now. That's not that bad. <laughs> so, no, do I, do I think do I think Ohio State can cover? Absolutely. You know, I don't want to doubt. I don't want to doubt Justin Fields. You don't want to doubt a motivated team because when you have a team that's used to playing on the big, you know, the set, the whole six, seven games thing, they took that personally. You can tell in their performances and how they played and how they came out. And they put, they punched Clemson in the mouth, you know, like yeah. they hit Trevor Lawrence, hit him, hit him, hit him. And you look at a team with, you know, presumably some people say the number two pick in the draft and Justin, uh, Justin Fields, he took that hit, you know, took the hit, the hit in the ribs from the Clemson linebacker. You can see on his face, he couldn't move, you know, but he showed there. He showed grit. I think the Ohio State team has a lot of grit. A lot of people talk about their secondary woes, which, yes, it happens. But they have they have something tangible that you can see. Like they're not a team to be overlooked. So I think that you know I think that they have the ability to to make a run at Alabama. No, absolutely, especially 
Ohio State has a very, very great offense. It's underlooked because they didn't play that many games. But you're talking about one of the best wide receiver duos in the country and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And I'm talking about they account for about 70% of Ohio State's receiving yards and 57% of their touchdowns. Like, yeah, it, when, it felt like oh, it felt like when um when Fields Fields was just throwing a ball up and you know Olave was going up there and just catching it, you know, just falling and right in his in his hands. And it was <laughs> it was like bombs, and Clemson just had no idea what yeah, hit and then him. you also have to account for Justin Fields at 6'3, even though they might say he's a little undersized, underweight. The man's elusive. His mobility is also something that most teams have to be nervous about because even if he can't throw, he's gonna take off a run on you. And, and it's not that he can't throw. He's he has some room for for growth with his arm, but a lot of you know people say the same thing about Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson's MVP of the league. Yeah, so. I think it's gonna come down to how again. I think it's gonna be a very offensive game. I'd be stunned if it's really a defensive game. But I think it's, yeah. if you look at Ohio State, you're gonna really have to see how Trey Sherman plays the running back for them. If he can't get the yards necessary at times which has been sometimes at a fault where they just can't get – he can push the pile on, but if he can't get the yards necessary, it's going to really hurt them because you don't want Justin Fields throwing the ball 20% on, a, on an Alabama defense, mm-hmm. especially with the secondary they have and the linebackers that they got and the blitz that they're going to be showing throwing at him. You don't want him having the ball in his hands for that long as too many instances in the game where if they go fourth on downs or they have to do three and outs too many times, Alabama's going to punch you in the mouth. Exactly. Yeah, they they fierce, man. They fierce. Like Najee Harris has put in arcade numbers. Like we talk about what Derrick Henry's doing in the NFL. This man's doing that in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, exactly. it, it, you can kind of see the difference because it's a little bit easier. Tackling is different in college than it is in the NFL. But he's putting up these numbers like it's nothing in college. And Ohio State's going to be first. They're going to get the first-hand glimpse of what it's like to have to try and tackle this man. After Then after he gets his yardage within each run, now you have to stop. Now you're worried about him. Now you have to transition that to Mac Jones. If he can get the right throws and make the right reads, it's it's a, it's a two punch combo. So I'm excited to watch the game. You know I'm going with Alabama for this game. You got Alabama. You think? Do you think Ohio State will cover? I, I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not the greatest gambler. <laughs> how about you, Albert? How, how you feeling? I'm, I'm I'm right on Alabama, and I don't think Ohio State going to cover either. I think I think Alabama's gonna win. I think Ohio State's gonna cover. Yeah, I, don't I think see it. I think they cut I think they cover this the seven and a half. Let them take the nine just to be safe, but I think they cover the seven and a half. Chris, the expert gambler. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio <laughs> shout out to the Ohio State University. Made me very happy on New Year's Day. <laughs> um moving on to a team that doesn't really make me happy anymore. Uh the tanks pulled up. On Broad Patterson yes, on sir. Sunday night, as Dougie P pulled off the ultimate tank job, makes me happy. This the team that makes me happy. All right, hold on, hold on. I, are we all in agreement that we're here for the tank? This is this is undeniable, man. Like, I, don't, I don't know why you're saying we're all in agreement. I told you week four, I was ready for the tank. We could, uh, we could have had pick three. We were trying to win so many games. I was cool. I was cool with the tank. Yeah, I um, seen the, um, I seen the tank pull up. I said, all right, this is where we we are now. I told you after we decided to tie the Bengals instead of going for the win, this was a lost season. All these holier-than-thou holier clowns on Twitter need to get out their feelings, man. I get, no, they, get, they, I get, I get the integrity of the game. Especially. 
Giants fans, we didn't owe you guys anything. Oh, you nothing. We stopped it. You guys were a six-win team. If you if you guys want to really make playoffs, play better. <laughs> if you want to make playoffs, play better. Win eight games. Right. Have a better season if you want to make the playoffs so bad. Don't try and bet it on a losing Eagles team. Don't be yeah, don't, like don't, don't don't L. Don't take L. And then Doug Peterson did, in my opinion, one of the greatest things he could have done for the season, which was to troll the Giants throughout the entire game and then throw in Nate Sudfield. They they listen. We we trashed Doug on this. We trashed Doug, right? We trashed Doug in our group chats and our conversations on this show. But you know, you can't deny that Doug Doug got some 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 stones, some, some hard. Some you know what? Some some you know what? <laughs> Bro, it take it take a lot. It take a strong man to to pull off the tank on national television. And then go on time, television time. again, and then and lie, say, and, and then, then lie and say, "I wanted to win that game so badly. I thought Nate Subville, a four-year player, deserves a chance, like as a senior night." But here's the thing: Here, here's why. Here's why I'm I'm, I'm kind of confused why everybody upset. They told people Sudfield was playing. I think the problem that people upset is because the Eagles had a chance to win that game. It was there. Okay. okay. Even okay. if you, even if after that fourth and goal that didn't go through because Jalen Hurts missed Quez Watkins, which again it, it was a hard throw to make. You still could have came back and won that if they, game. If they make that throw, they win that game. Yeah, and it they doesn't want to win. And then it doesn't matter if you play Sudfield. I think the problem is Eagles fans that the ones that are supposedly by all these NFL analysts that aren't from Philadelphia, but they know what Philadelphians are like. I, I hate when they like Dan Olaski, I know your wife's from Philly. I get it, but she doesn't speak for all Philadelphians. I know a lot of people from Temple Dale, South Philly Dale, they're like, yo. I'm happy we tanked. I know, cool. I know what we did. I know I, I I don't like how we did it, but I like that we lost the game. It's, I, I know this, so many people from Philly that know that. It's now, that I get it, simple. You talk about the integrity of the game, but teams have been taking way longer than the Eagles, and teams will continue to take after the Eagles. Smart, smart the Giants football any favors, fans. No. As soon as Dallas <laughs> lost that game, it, it, it goes down to this. As and soon as the it's Eagles just a troll job, but you know, who, which team would you rather see in the playoffs? It now, don't matter. That's how the Eagles looked at it. It don't matter. It, as, soon, as soon as they lost to the Cowboys, the Eagles had nothing to play for. Nothing, if, the NFL, if the NFL was so upset, like if the NFL should have saw this coming and moved that Washington game out of the, the primetime spot, put it at 4 o'clock if you don't want it to be on national television. Put it at 1 o'clock and let Dallas and the Giants play while the Eagles and the Redskins, excuse me, Eagles and the Whoa, whoa. I'm, whoa. I was good. What's going on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was I was good up until that point. You was going too fast, man. You gotta catch yourself, dog. No, but I get it. I get the you know what I'm saying. What's about the, the integrity? Everyone, of the game. Everyone's upset. Everyone's so upset because it was on national television. I think they're more upset the about game. they're saying it slanders the integrity of the game. But oh, give me a break. Silver lining. Eagles got a, went from nine to six, and I get it. People are gonna be like, and there's Eagles fans that are like this too. What are they gonna do with the sixth pick? They can't draft. You're right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, that's when right. you have the sixth pick, though. It's now you have more options than that. That's why me, I told you, me personally, I'd rather have the first or third or fourth because you now have the pick of the crop. It's like when you go, when you're a little kid and you go, you, everybody's fighting to get to the lunch line because you want to be the first one to get your lunch before everybody else. You don't want the last picks. You want, you want the first dibs. Right. Because the fact of the matter is now by the sixth pick, every name that's probably on your list is still probably there besides the, the, the first five. And then the first five guys, 
weren't probably on your top list because if we're being completely honest, even with the quarterback tobacco going on with the Eagles, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were not the guys that the Eagles were going to be going after first and the, what they need the most right now. Some people speculating that they may take a quarterback at six. <laughs> I've seen, I've, I've seen, I've seen some mock drafts with the Eagles taking a quarterback. I've seen some mock drafts with the Eagles taking which, a quarterback. Which, by the way, is hilarious. I think, <laughs> I think it's laughable, but then again, Howie Roseman – has come out on air and said the Eagles are a QB factory, so anything's yeah. possible. If I'm by the point, if I'm getting a quarterback what, from the though, Eagles, when I'm you look at it this way again, you're at pick six. You instead of pick nine, because pick nine, you might lose out on a couple guys that like a Jamar Chase or a Patrick Sertan or Caleb Flory or Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, or Michael Parsons. When you're at pick six, those names, one of those, like not even one. Five out of the six names I just gave you will still be there. Honestly, all six of those names could potentially still be there because I didn't mention some of the old linemen that are going to be in the draft that certain teams like the Bengals or the Dolphins may consider taking to help their yeah, team. Yeah, you, you, you got a point there because the first two the first two or three picks are probably going to be QBs. Right, right. You know right. So then now you're looking at four other picks later are going to be basically the cream of the crop for the Eagles. And that's how Roseman – And they have a not, lot of I'm holes. not saying he can make a bad decision, but at this point, any decision whoa, 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 that you whoa, whoa, could make whoa, whoa. at pick six would help the team out in the long run. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't don't underestimate the fact that Howie Roseman can mess this Look, up. I'm not even, but see, even even if, and I'm looking at this, this is just me trying to be positive in the air because I'll be really pissed if he was to draft a D tackle or DN or do mm-hmm. draft a Kyle Pitts, Philadelphia native, who's the star tight end anyway from Florida Gators. But I, I don't want him on the team because you don't need another tight end right now. But even if he was to get any of those talents, you're still getting a top tier player. That's young, and this team is old. The Eagles are an old team. You you, you have one of the highest paid old teams. We still paying Jason Peters way too much money to be thirty nine years old at the end of the season. So you're getting younger, and you have pick six, and all you had to do was lose a game to watch the football team. Okay, I get it. I get Eagles fans that you say you're prideful, you wanted to win that game, and I don't mean because it's about the wins rather than the losses. But what would that win have gotten us? Mm-hmm. Pick nine. That's, that's it. But bragging rights, bragging rights that we stopped the Washington football team from making the playoffs and that the Giants got in. Yeah, somebody so had to get in. Feed the Giants storyline. Like if you're an Eagles fan, like if you're really a diehard Eagles fan, you know, at times it really goes in the worst hated teams in NFC East for the Eagles. It well, goes what, Dallas Giants, then Washington. What, what bothers me is the other podcast out here, the national ones, that go out there and say, if you're a Philly fan, you must be disgraced. Like, what are you talking about? Why, like, yeah, why, are, you, why are you trying to speak for the whole like, Philadelphia like, what, city? What are you saying, man? Like, it's that simple. Either pick six or pick nine. That but simple? then again, it's you know the saying? same people that say, I've been through the streets of Philly, and the streets of Philly for them is literally just like downtown. Downtown, oh, South Street. <laughs> but they might see a fish town or they might go down uh, Columbus Boulevard. Uh, they're not going there. there, ain't nobody going to fish town. You're right, then they may go, might they might go Old City or Columbus Boulevard and then downtown South, South, Philly. That's South Street, South Street. So that's that's them. Remember, so for some people, they believe Philadelphia is the blue collar, curly drive. Yeah, they they off with so, this one, man. For this those analysts cut. and broadcasters that supposedly speak for Philly and say it's heartbreaking, Philly fans want it more. When I looked on Twitter. Besides some of the Philly fans that like they they just blamed on Doug and Howie for the season and that the Eagles should have won that game anyway and they did Hurts dirty, which again you could make the arguments they did do Hurts dirty. Hurts needed a better chance. He needed more of a shot. But the Eagles, what what shot were they really giving him to win that game? They benched everybody. 
Question. Like, dudes weren't playing. Star guys were not there. And yet, for some reason, y'all were just thinking that we were still going to try and we really wanted to win that game. Like, 100% wanted to win it. They probably played to win. And then Doug and Jeff Rory and then Howie, because I don't think Jeff Rory was. He was was a part of the decision as well. They made the unanimous decision and said, hey, man, let's let's, the game's done. I I don't feel like it was just like an outright, like, yo, we're going to throw this. It was kind of like. You know, one of them wink, wink, nod, nod type of drums. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I get, I get the analyst opinions. If you were gonna tank, at least start Sudfield from the beginning. I get that. I, I get that wholeheartedly because I mean, at the end of the day, so, so wait, wait, wait. But that's just aesthetics, though. Here's the thing. that that's really that's all it really is is the aesthetics. Here's, that, that's here's what they're complaining about at this point. Here's the thing. If the game was on at one o'clock, no one would care. Nobody would have said yeah, a thing. That's mm-hmm. true. If they if the Eagles if the game if the Eagles game was at one and that Dallas it, in Giants game was at the eight, then it'd have been a totally different thing. There wouldn't have been any wow from the Giants fan base or wow from the it Giants players. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Like like we owed them something. It wouldn't have mattered. If, <laughs> like if Washington would have squashed the rivalry if, if won the game. Lost, if Washington would have won at one o'clock, it wouldn't have mattered. Put they should have put a game that had some type of relevance on at eight o'clock. Honestly, because I'm like last season when the Eagles were making their miraculous comeback to get into the playoffs under Carson Wentz when we went nine and seven, our games were still being squashed. We had lost some primetime games the last Eagles, season. The Eagles are the worst team in 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 the country that continuously continually gets primetime games. <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys are the two worst teams in the country, and they always end up on primetime games. When it when, when it least matters for them too, like it's not even like at least matters. We get the primetime games, and that just. Yeah. It, it, it just makes us look bad throughout the whole NFL, but that's the NFL scheduling. <laughs> that's them. So again, I, I I'm not saying what the Eagles did was right or wrong. What I'm saying is I look at the positives of it. You got the sixth overall pick. You've brought in a man as your consultant who I'm hoping has a voice that has drafted star talent in the first round. Was not I don't know what he's done past the first round, but I know what this man who Douglas has he, done. He since built the a winner. Round. He built winners. He, he he drafts top tier talent. That's in their top of their position. I'm talking about this is a guy that's drafted Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, who's now finally playing up to the performance of a number one overall draft pick. He's drafted Nick Chubb. He's drafted Denzel Ward. He's drafted Tariq Hill, and he's drafted Travis Kelsey. You can't tell me any of those names I just mentioned aren't top five, top three, or top ten in their position right now this season or in prior seasons. All right, Jared, who do you think the Eagles take at six? I'm hoping for Jamar Chase. Ivan, who do you think the Eagles take a six? I don't, I don't know who they're gonna take, but they should take Alabama's Devontae Smith. That's what they should take. They need a receiver bad. <laughs> I'm gonna deviate on both your opinions. If he's there, they need to take Patrick Sertain. No, he will be there. I don't yeah. think he's the best corner in this draft. I think I think Sertain is the best corner in this draft. And I think if the Eagles let's say that that Smith or Chase aren't there for whatever reason. And they fall with Sertan, Sertan and Slay. I think that's a, a very good. You, you can't, you can't, you can't go, you can't go that. against that. I, I don't think. That. I think Caleb Ford may be better than Sertan. Again, he it, it goes by level of competition. He played on Virginia Tech. It's it's hard to get as recognized as Sertan on Alabama, but I think Caleb Ford may be the best corner in this draft. Yeah, that's true. All right, so they do need a we'll corner to see, too. <laughs> it's all up to Howie Roseman. He he's claimed that this is a must hit draft, and this is something he's never said before. He didn't say that even about last he, season's draft. If so. he screws up this draft, he must be hit in the head in the parking lot with a baseball bat. <laughs> Period. We are we are no way shape or form associated with that threat. That is not. Yeah, me, me. I, 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 I ain't say I was going to do it. 
You're gonna hire somebody to do it. I'm not hiring anyone. I don't make no kind of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Moving on to teams that actually matter. Uh, Wild card weekend is upon us. A lot of loaded games. This is the wild card, wild, wild weekend. We got games on Nickelodeon. We got games all over. We got we got a team with no name that's in the playoffs. It's a wild time in the 2020. The wildest card. The wildest card. At the, the first games we want to talk about on the NFC side, Chicago and New Orleans, LA and Seattle, Tampa Bay and Washington. Uh, what Which games are you looking forward to the most? Um Jared, I'm gonna start with you. See, see. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jared. Uh, Seattle and Rams and Buccaneers in Washington. I'm not really all that enticed about the Saints and Bears game, even though I think it might be a close showing because the Saints are without their star wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I still, I'm not that enticed to watch that game, formally because of the fact that they still have Matt Nagy as a head coach and Mitch Trubisky cannot move the ball downfield. So <laughs> for me, I'm, I'm 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 not really I'm not really interested in that game. Buccaneers and Washington has the storyline you want to see. Chase Young, number two overall draft pick, has called out Tom Brady, saying that's the guy he's wanted to hit. He said it since he's been drafted. He continuously says it now, and I think that's going to be a good game to watch. That is the best second. That's one of the best passing defenses in the league right now. They still they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, but that's one of the best passing defenses. And the Buccaneers is passing offense. They sometimes forget that they have two good running backs, and they stray from the run at times. So maybe they, hopefully, they don't do that. But you're going up against a formidable D line in Washington. So I think it's going to be a very good game. If Alex Smith plays and if Terry McLaurin plays, I think this could be a, a very good game. I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as many people are anticipating, knowing how the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers have been playing this season. And then, but I'm still going to give the Buccaneers the edge and say the Buccaneers win this game. If I was to give a score right now, I would say the score would be 24-17 Buccaneers. Mm. And then the best game, I think, of the NFC is going to be the Rams and the Seahawks. I really like the back and forth that both these two teams have had throughout the season. Uh, I sped it before, and I, I still I feel sorry about it, but Russell Wilson kind of sh- threw himself out of the MVP conversation because of how much he has to do for this team and how little they have on the defensive end of the, the ball that they sometimes – he has to go out on the field again and just do so much. They've had a lot of shootouts that have caused him to have negative interceptions that he doesn't need. But I really like what I'm seeing from them now as they stepped up throughout the season with Adams back. They were able to get some good players on the defensive line. Russell Wilson still is like Russell Wilson. They have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I really like what I'm seeing from them. Chris Carson's back and healthy. And then you have on the Rams side of the ball, I don't know if Jared Goff is going to be playing this game. I think he'll make his return. But I like I still like what they have. They still have the best defensive player, in my opinion, in the NFL and Aaron Donald. They have a great cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. And then you have two good receivers in Cooper Cup and – Robert Woods, and I think if Jared Goff can just make the right throws and make the right plays and play like the money he's getting paid and play like that player again, mm-hmm. I think the sky's limit for them. I, I can see them winning this game. Okay, okay. I think that of all the team, of all the games in the NFC, I think the most intriguing intriguing one is Seattle and LA, just because they're divisional divisional rivals. They see they see a lot of each other throughout the season. So a third time, you kind of know what people are doing. You know what to expect. So I think that's going to be a very uh, highly contested game. Chicago and New Orleans, um, Trubisky, and I think Trubisky and New Orleans, uh, Trubisky and Chicago have nothing to lose. A lot of people have already made their opinions on Trubisky as it is. Um, I've seen people on on ESPN 
say that, you know, no matter what happens, this is an L for Trubisky. If he wins, <laughs> if he wins, then he had nothing to do with it. It was all the defense. And if he loses, well, then he's a scrub anyway, so who really cares? And, I, you know, I think that's unfair. I do think Chicago – I mean, Chicago backdoored their way into the playoffs um, with Arizona losing to L.A. and Kyler Murray getting hurt. So I think that Chicago, just to be in a situation, is fortunate. But Trubisky went 6-3 and three as a starter in the, in, the, in the regular season. You know, he had a winning record. He had good, decent numbers. And a lot of people like to write off Trubisky as, you know, he – you know, a lot of people have their opinions on him. But I think that he's someone who can – push the ball down the field effectively, um, consistently. That's a different story, but he can show, he's shown the ability to get the ball down the field, not his hands and move and create plays with his legs. Uh, do I think that Chicago has a chance? Of course they have a chance because Seattle, sorry, New Orleans tends to play down to their opponents in the playoffs. That's, you know, what they, what they have shown time and time to, again, to have done. So I think Chicago has a chance. Will I put my money on it? Probably not. But if I had to pick, it's Seattle, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay um, in the NFC. Moving on to the AFC, um, Baltimore and Tennessee, Indianapolis and Buffalo, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. What are we? What are we thinking, fellas? I'm, I'm start with you. I'm I'm thinking. From from the Baltimore side, mm. I'm kind of leaning towards their way. You know, Tennessee just doesn't play any defense at the end of the day. Like, they can't stop the run, can't stop the pass, unless they can control the whole game with Derrick Henry. Mm. I just trust – I mean, I don't trust Lamar Jackson like that. I mean, his playoff record speaks for itself. But mm-hmm. I trust Harbaugh and them to bring their A game, even on the road. So, I'm thinking that, that three-point line is kind of accurate. <laughs> Three, three and a half. That's probably the most exciting game. You think uh, that's the most exciting game in the AFC? Yeah, I think so. I, don't know. I think so because you have you don't really know with Tennessee and Buffalo, uh, Tennessee and Baltimore, because Tennessee is one of those teams. Like I said, like like I said last week, they have shown the ability to hold on and control time possession. They don't put their quarterback in too many, you know, bad situations. But they can't stop anyone on defense. You know, they let Houston put up 38 on them. You know, Baltimore can do the same thing on offense and do it better. They have a better quarterback. They run the ball not as well, but they do run the ball. They can get their tight ends open in space. They can use their wide receivers real well. Tennessee is very reliant on Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry can take them far. But can he overcome uh, a lack of a pass rush? Can they contain Lamar Jackson? I don't think so, and I think that Baltimore will be one of the few teams that wins on the road during the wild card weekend. So we all got Baltimore then. We all got, we all got Baltimore. What about Indianapolis and Baltimore? Oh, whoa, whoa. I, don't, I think the Titans might win that game. I'm not going to lie to you. Might? Might. I, I think the Titans will win this game. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't. I just don't have faith. Mar Jackson hasn't won a playoff game since he's entered the league. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to win this one either. I just, the, I just like the one-two punch combination of a Derrick Henry and a Ryan Tannehill. When you talk about this times of possession and their upgraded defense enough, where their defense has been looking better than better as of late than they have 
previously. Well, that's the thing. Well, ter- I mean, they were terrible before, so you can't get any worse than what you were. That mm-hmm. is true. It's like it's like it's like the Dallas defensive thing, like the argument. Like, okay, yeah, they played they played better, but they played. See, so I, more, I've right? had the argument, and I I really looked at the stats. Dallas's defense slightly got better, but if you look at the last four games of the season they played, it didn't get that much better. They literally still were allowing almost thirty points a game, or like they they were allowing almost twenty seven points a game because they allowed the 49ers to have thirty three on them. They just let the Giants have twenty three. Eagles score 17, and then the only team they truly dominated was the poorly defeated Bengals who lost their franchise QB. My my thing, my point being, it wasn't trying to be literal. My point was that when you when you at the bottom, you can't get no worse. So you yeah, you can't better. get under under anything. Yeah, you I get just it. look slightly better, even if even if you look slightly better, you still garbage. I think the most exciting game might be honestly the Browns and Steelers game. Really, really, I think that might be the most exciting game because this is a game that has so much controversy and scrutiny around it when it comes to just Baker Mayfield to play Brown's first time in the playoffs in what 17 years, something like that. And then you're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, who's been had who's had a who had a good year so far, and then they've Mike Tomlin and this offense have just kind of fallen flat after losing some key pieces on the defense. They kind of been exposed because they have any run game, but these are two right now juggernaut teams in their division. It's a division game, basically, and this is the third time they'll be playing each other. And looking at this is a game where it's going to be all eyes are going to be on Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, who may not be even able to be at the game because of COVID. They've already ruled him out. He's not. So with Kevin Stefanski not there, this all eyes will be on Baker Mayfield, who's having the best year of his career. Now, would you say with with Stefanski being out? Does that not have? Does he not have a, already a built-in excuse? I think people, that the built-in excuses are always going to be there. For people to say, "Oh, you know, they if they lose, oh, they would have won if they had all their pieces. They had their head coach, et cetera, et cetera." I think that excuse will be there. I honestly do. I know excuse that won't be there is that if Odell was there, they would have won because you, at this point, you've kind of seen that they've been able to win without Odell. They actually look they, better. They, they moved on without Odell. And it's sad to say because Odell is still a star talent. I think he's still a top receiver in this league. I just don't think he works out for the Browns. But that, that will be an excuse that will be made if Baker Mayfield and that team loses. But it can be said vice versa. If the Steelers were to lose this game, they'd be like, well, they were missing pieces on the defense or they couldn't get the run game together because they had holes in the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. So there'll always be excuses. That's why I think this will be one of the biggest games because I think this is a game – that has basically going to have the QBs written all over it, which QB has the better performance or can pl- last the longest. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger has been really trying to fight father time throughout his career and these last couple seasons. And this season has really showcased it as he started off the season very well. It has been slowly trending downhill as the season's progressed. The, di- the dinks and dunk plays that he were doing early in the season, teams are now able to read those and recognize those a lot more because the run game has slowly and significantly gone down. The boomer bust deep throws that they had have now kind of strailed because his arm power isn't the same and his accuracy is not there anymore either. So you're really just going to – I'm really looking at this team where it's going to be like just two QBs. One QB is Baker Mayfield, who's supposed to be now at the height of his talents. He's finally at his peak under Kevin Stefanski. And Ben Roethlisberger, who's still under Mike Tom, who's a great head coach. This is a team that was poised to go 16-0. and Can they – continue to keep the momentum they had because they still had a very good record. Can they keep this momentum and go to the Super Bowl, which is something that they've been promising their fan base and really been pushing for this season and talking about so much? Let me tell you right now, 
That's not happening. That's yeah, not yeah. Cleveland. The only way Cleveland wins is if they keep it simple, man. Just keep running the ball. <laughs> I know. I think the Steelers are gonna win this game. If, well, I, I, if I, I, I fancy, think it's gonna be a tight game, though. If the fancy was there, I honestly would take Cleveland. Really? I do not have any faith in Pittsburgh right now. They play, especially they play, with that abysmal run game. I don't. I don't know what they. they their times of possession is gonna be. So I have. Hard to keep. I defended. I defended Pittsburgh on this show recently. Yes, I, yes. I have watched them since I said what I said. They play flat and they play down to their opponents all the time. They don't put teams away. They they let Jacksonville hang around with them. They let the Eagles hang around with them. They let the Cowboys hang around with them. It doesn't matter. Like I get it. You know they're well coached team with, with Coach Tomlin, but they always play down to their opponents. And then after I said the same thing with Kansas City. After a while, I was going to catch up with you. I don't think Pittsburgh is good as good as Kansas City where they can overcome it. So if Cleveland had all their pieces and they were ready to go, I would honestly put my money on Cleveland. But since they don't, and you know you don't know how much of a presence that head coach has. Now, if Cleveland comes out and still wins without their head coach, then, you know, we have a different conversation about Pittsburgh. Like, you know, yo, they were frauds. <laughs> like, you know, you know that's going to end up happening. Like, that's what people are going to say. Like, oh, they were fraudulent. We should have, you know, they're going to say, oh, we should have known when they lost to Washington that they wasn't the real deal. It's going to have, you won't have that conversation. I honestly yeah. would, I would have taken Cleveland if Stefanski was going to be on the sidelines. Since he's not, you know what? I, I I begrudgingly take Pittsburgh, only because I don't. You know, no one knows who who's coaching, who's going to be coaching the game for Cleveland on Sunday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill some guy. I believe so. Is Bill Callahan? I believe so. Yes. All right. So Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan, who coached the Raiders in the Super Bowl, like he was the head coach of the Raiders in the Super Bowl. That was you know seventeen years ago. So I don't. It's not completely foreign to him, but he's not the guy. Stefanski was the guy. So we'll see what Stefanski's impact of being there or not being. No, it'll be uh coordinator Mike Prefer. Okay, who's the second? That, <laughs> he will serve as the acting head coach. Stefanski, the special Stefanski teams also coordinator. Plays. That's the special teams coordinator. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt is expected to call offensive plays. Okay, in well, place of uh, Stefanski. Well, we're going to see how how that shakes up. I mean, that that. So that, now to go to go with your point without Stefanski there, I don't I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Any, any thoughts on Buffalo and Indianapolis? I think the Bills will win that game wholeheartedly. Kill them. I'm, I'm really, I, I really think they'll they kill, kill them. They're going to kill Indiana, man. Like this is not even a competition. Philip Rivers I'm, is too old for this. People have been <laughs> naming other people, other names like Kevin Stefanski's name has come up. When it comes to head coach of the year, but Sean McDermott's name has to be put there. I think Sean McDermott easily. is easily a coach of the year. I'm loving what I've seen from the Bills. This is a team that looks very good offensively and defensively. And you're just talking about a guy in Josh Allen who a lot of people were dismissing when he got drafted. And now look at him balling out. Yeah, definitely, definitely has taken a step forward. Um, I think that Sean McDermott definitely should be in talks of coach of the year. But Josh Josh Allen, you know, got Stephon Diggs and took that next step. You know, I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that was, went from what media mediocrity he, to NFL, I, NV, MVP contender. He wasn't mediocre. All right, nice skin Lamar Jackson, who I I used to call him. 
He has earned it. No, he went for mediocrity because he got drafted. He, he was kind of mediocre. There was no belief system in him. He so has earned. He has earned. He's a franchise he has, MVP. He has player. earned his whole name. All right. He is no longer light skinned Lamar Jackson. I will, from here on out, refer to him as Josh Allen. <laughs> um, just want to give you some breaking news per Mike Fisher. Eagles Doug Peterson and Holly Roseman seem to be at odds, blaming one another for the Eagles' demise. Owner Jeffrey Lurie isn't sure what to believe. What? What uh, news is this? <laughs> These guys are crazy, man. One of them gotta go. One of them gotta go. This is just to just give you some recent tidbits as we're coming to the end of this segment. We're still talking about NFL stuff. This is a breaking news report that just came out. Sound like it's about to come to a head. An so, article will probably be released sooner rather than later by the time we finish recording this. So this some news to think about later on as we get to our next episode. But so, next sounds, segment. Sounds like someone's getting fired soon. How are you Roseman gets along with no one, by the way? No one. Next segment. Next no he one. doesn't get along with anybody. Even even the chipper didn't like how. Yeah, he and doesn't every, get along with anybody. And everyone hated the chipper. <laughs> moving on. Okay, we have to get off the, the NFL completely after that. I don't want to talk about any anything regarding Holly Roseman or Doug Peterson until one of them gets fired. Now, <laughs> moving on to the NBA, a team in Philadelphia that really makes me proud, the 76ers, the best, <laughs> the best team in the East by record. Right now, as I speak to y'all, you know, they lost to Brooklyn. Not the best game by the Sixers. Some thoughts on, you know, what the Sixers should do, could do to solidify their spot as being one of the top teams in the East. And Not be, lose to a team that is without Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Just want right, to throw out there. And, and to be championship contenders. All right, go ahead. This one to throw out there. You 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 basically going to ask me that. So just not lose to a team that doesn't have two of their star players and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But they want to. Oh, I don't know. They want to back it up and back to back. Man, any excuse. I, you just let you, you just let Russ drop guys, six. You just let Bradley Bill drop six to you. Now you how oh, good do you guys think this team actually is though? After these Charlotte wins, and better than last season. Wins. A lot better than last season. They're a fun team to watch this year. They're better. They're better than the last season. Very, very fun team to watch this year. I'm a key. I'll continue to say it till I'm blue in the face. Tyrese Maxey was the steal of the draft. Do not let anybody else fool you. Daryl Morey came in, made the right moves, bringing Seth Curry and Danny Green. Maxey's great. I'm looking He's at great. this team as right now. They're they're number one on standings wise, but they haven't really played over competition that you believe as number one. I'll say they're still about number three in the East. Because if you look at the standings, the Magic are number two, and they just lost Marco Folks. Mm-hmm. For him, he tore his ACL, so hopefully he gets a speedy recovery and can make it back next season. Definitely. But it's still early. This new this NFL COVID schedule has a lot of back-to-backs going on where teams are going to be playing each other twice anyway. So I, I'm really just worried about postseason. When postseason comes, that's where we're going to see the Sixers. But you can see this is a very different Sixers team than last year. They have more energy. Chemistry is totally different. The vibe has changed. Friendships look like they've been renewed and reignited under Doc Rivers. It's like as soon as you got rid of Chris's coach, Brett Brown, the team <laughs> looks better. Wait a minute. Wait a the minute. The team looks better. Wait a minute. They also, got rid of your, better. they also got rid of your boy, Al Horford. Ooh. Ooh. That was my guy. You were the one defending Al Horford, too. I like him either. When did I, when I like that side either. When did I defend Al Horford? You were the one when Al Horford got signed saying, man, that could be a good one-two punch with old MB. And what did, and what did you say? And what did you say? 
I said if yeah, he comes right. off the bench, yeah, and then you, right. you told me if nah, he's not coming off the bench, getting paid that much. I I was right. I, he should have came off the bench. <laughs> I just, I'm just, should, I just they shouldn't have signed him. They shouldn't have signed him. They came off the bench, and we was to make that terrible, terrible move. But again, the team looks better. I think the team I'm really focused on the most in the NBA right now is everything going on with the Rockets still and how they're going to handle this James Harden situation. Yeah, just just like storyline-wise. Storyline-wise, that's the team I'm really talking about the most. Team I'm liking the most is the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix yeah, Suns yeah, are really great. good. Yeah. Chris Paul was a great addition to that team. They're number Chris one Paul, in the standings right crazy now. crazy thing is, Chris Paul makes every team he's on just better. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not even putting up the stats. He does. He's, he's he does. a good playmaker, and he's a very good defender. A team that should, that you should be worried about is the Clippers. You can't bring up the Clippers right now in a slanderous way because they're playing well, so stop. They just lost right? by 52 games ago. Wait a second. Is that playing well? That's like a year ago. Stop. A year ago, that was just three weeks ago. They were down 50 to the, the Mavericks. I, I don't recall. I don't recall. At halftime, down fifty. They broke Fred. They broke NBA history by most points down in a half. Yeah, I don't recall, man. But you can you can jog my memory, I guess. This is a team that is showcase without Paul, without Kawhi Leonard. They are nothing. Paul George is not the face of that team, even though he's getting paid like he is. Because Kawhi Leonard was smart enough to make sure he did not sign an extension until he saw what this team was capable of. And after a showing like that. In the back of his mind, he's still seeing that they're not capable of what he expected when he signed. When he got not, yeah, when he signed over for the for, for these last two years. Go ahead, Chris. The fact that you said that I can't say anything slanderous about the Clippers in January, I took that as a personal challenge. So they, I'm going to say they're playing too good. They've always played great in January. If only the finals were playing <laughs> in January, they'd be set. However, they seem to fall off right around right around playoff time. Or even on the second round. That seems to be where they kind of run out of gas. Guess we'll see. But I have to ask you now: if the Clippers were to lose in the playoffs again, who would be the blame? Because you can't blame the coach. Would you blame Tyler? No, you blame Paul George. Well, what if Paul George balls out? It's quiet. It doesn't ball out. It doesn't matter. They're still blaming Paul George. As long uh-huh. as they got both of them, they'll be fine. It's an easy. It's an easier target, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I, Paul, the 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 mean things people have said about Paul George throughout the past like four months is ridiculous. We I mean, act like he's a scrub. The mean, <laughs> oh no, no. The 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 scrub conversation with, with when it comes to Paul George, I feel like he brings a lot of it on himself. I mean, yeah, he he says a lot of odd things. He says a lot of things. He puts him like he puts himself in, in situations where he shouldn't. You know, he opens himself up for a lot of undue expectations, and then when he doesn't, when he doesn't. Uh, live up to yeah. expectations, then he looks bad by putting the expectations so high. So I think that a lot of it happened, you know, if he was like Kawhi and didn't say anything and just went out there and played his game, I think a lot of people would be more inclined to forgive him for a lot of his mistakes. Mm-hmm. But since he's out here making Gatorade commercials and mm-hmm. and and chirping at Devin Booker with, with, you know, with them braids in his head, people don't – I think he – has unintentionally come off as, you know, an unlikable character. So I think yeah, people I mean, are rooting. A great player. He's he is a he is a great player, but a lot of people will find flaws to slander him just because it's fun at this point. And I'm one of those. Um, and I'm one of before, those people. Before we like end this whole 
NBA topic because it's, it's still early. There's not really much to really go into yet. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about the fact that the Knicks are five and three? That's they right. haven't had a winning. They haven't had a winning season to start the season since I believe they brought in 2010. Listen, listen. We're not going to talk about it yet until it's a little bit more concrete. Because I don't want to talk about it and then it falls apart. The five and three. I mean, hey. for Knicks fans, I know they got to be proud. I, I I believe just the other day, I witnessed a very good comeback by the Knicks team uh, against the Utah Jazz, where they were down about I believe eighteen going into the third quarter. So it's nice to see. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. He's he's looking like great trade bait for the Knicks because I, I, I don't know how the Knicks are going to what the Knicks are going to do throughout the season, but you do know they're building players up to potentially trade them later for more assets because now that Giannis is off the table, they're going to have to try and figure out a, a different plan or approach to get superstars to come in. But if they decide to keep – I think they should keep Julius Randle, but the way he's playing, he'd be great trade bait. It seems like another instance where coaching really matters in the NBA. You know, they switch coaches, and now everybody looks like they're playing a little bit harder. Playing a little I don't know. I don't deep. know if you could put that on Tom Thibodeau, though. Well, I mean, I feel like if they had kept, uh, if they had let somebody else have, in that situation, David Fisdale, throughout the years, if he had stayed an extra year or two, they, I think they still would be in the same predicament now with the players you, that they you drafted. Think so? I mean, Thibodeau's a proven coach. You know, coach, uh, assistant in Boston was in Chicago, was in Minnesota. He's he's won a couple places. Here's the thing, though. He's took he, he's he's took he took a he took a couple of bad franchises to the playoffs. Minnesota, yeah. His, you know, Chicago his, after was Jordan. Minnesota a bad yes. franchise? Yes, they're, they're the worst yes. franchise in the no. NBA. They, they, they had, had a good they, team when he went to the playoffs with them. Yeah, the one year, and then and then Jimmy 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 and Jimmy the bottom there. And then you said <laughs> Chicago. He had star players in Chicago. J- Chicago after Jordan hadn't done anything until Thibodeau got there and took over. Thib- Thibodeau's only mm-hmm. problem is that he plays his players a, a ridiculous amount of minutes. Exactly. With the Knicks, they ain't got no they ain't got no stars to run into the ground. So you know who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Is it? Am I wrong? Yeah, they play. Jordan, if you look Jordan, at the minutes, you're like not because I game. think the game that I just mentioned against the Jazz. I'm looking at the stats now because I just wanted to pull it up to look at the numbers. Julius Randle played 40 minutes and he, right. he dropped 30 points, 76. How many minutes did RJ play? RJ Barrett played 33. <laughs> Alfred exactly. Payton played 42. Mitchell Damn. Robinson played 41. Reggie Bullock played 30. Ain't Austin no bench. played 32. Ain't no bench. The, the, quick, the only bench player that played, I think, a lot of minutes was Kevin Knox with 16. And then Emmanuel Quigley, the recent draft pick, played six. He can't. He got like quickly. quickly. Only six minutes. You're absolutely right when you talk about Tom Thibodeau. He's a, he's a minutes guy. He he he, he's a grit and grind coach. He's ridiculous. He he, he, he gets the player. He gets the best out of his players, but he, he runs them through the mud and makes sure that they're conditioned very well. And you should see how many minutes, minutes he used to play. Luau Deng. Luau Deng used to lead the minute, league in minutes all the time when he played for Thibodeau. Ain't no fat guys <laughs> on Thibodeau's team. You you running? You in shape? Yeah, I think Carlos Loser was the only excuse. He just could not get that man in shape. He tried. He tried. Because he was Carlos Boozer was playing 40 minutes at night. Yeah, crazy. He is crazy. So he be shedding years off people's careers. The one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up the NBA, before we wrap up the show, uh, I have a slanderous take, and I know you guys both disagree with me. Bradley Bill is the most overrated. Overhyped player in the league right now. 
No. How are you going to say that right after he scored 60, man? Come here's, on. Here's the thing. No. And I, I picked this time because he's just scored 60. No. Bill can do a lot of things except no. win. Except win. He can't win anything. He can put up as no. many points as he wants. He can't. He doesn't, he doesn't win. He has never won anything. The, mm-hmm. fact, <laughs> the fact that people say, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. he has no help in Washington. He had John Wall. Now, listen, I get it. John Wall hasn't really played in three years. I understand that. But hasn't really played? Hasn't really played in three. Has not. <laughs> has not. <laughs> hasn't he played at all. Has, hasn't really played. He's been on the sidelines clapping it up. But if, <laughs> if Bill was any type of great top player, like people make him out to be, he could have took that Washington team into the, the, seventh, the seventh spot in the East, the eighth spot. Who's really seven and eight in the East right now? Not right now, but you know what I mean. Like last year, who was seven and eight? Orlando, Orlando, Brooklyn, Orlando, Orlando, Brooklyn, Orlando and Brooklyn were seventh and eighth. You telling me that Bradley Bill couldn't lead his team to be better than Orlando? I mean, really, it's a team game, man. Really, it's a, no, it's Such, a team game. So I sacrilege. I love how I love how it's a team game. When it comes to certain when it comes to certain people that we don't want to slander, like when it's Devin Booker, oh, it's a team game, oh, it's a team game. But if it's James, how can Harden, you slander Devin Booker? Easy. But if it's James Harden or if it's sacrilege, Kevin, it are you sure? Game. Are you sure you're an NBA fan? Yes, are I am. You sure you, are yes, you I sure? Am. I'm just I'm disrespect. Being, I'm being disrespect. I want. I want to know why this this double standard exists for certain people and not for others. I just want. I, I mean, just want. I just want. This, I want y'all opinion. Maybe y'all can enlighten me. Maybe, maybe wrong. I just want to know if you're watching the same games I'm watching. I am. You tuned in the but same I'm, way I'm tuned in. Are you just watching the highlights, sir? Mm-hmm. I just want to know why do certain people get a pass and other people don't? It's not He's getting the pass. Bradley Bill is not overrated. He's the best shooting guard right now in the NBA no. healthy if James Harden is not playing. When James Harden is not playing, it's Bradley Bill. So he and yeah. it's Devin Booger. I'd rather have without rather Clay have right Booker. now. Clay would have been in that argument, but Clay's been injured the past two seasons. You can't put Clay in the argument. So right now it's literally James Harden, then Beal for shooting guards in the NBA. You can't name any two any shooting guards better than those two right now. Bradley yeah. Beal is on a team. He went from now, if you said a couple seasons ago when he was playing with Wall and he was taking a back seat, I'm like, all right, well, he was kind of underrated then. If you're saying he's overrated now, I know he's he's finally getting the hype he deserves. This man went from last season, and mind you. They last season, I believe they deserved the shot in the bubble. They were fighting for it. They were, I think, about two and a half games, four games back. They just if they were so no, 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 it's not, it's not a participation. He doesn't right? have any talent around him. <laughs> last not season, a participation they had their second best player last year was Davis Bertans, who came off the bench. And and the you, sniper from and you, the were so, Spurs. you were so high, high on Davis Bertans. I still am. That man's a sniper. Did you not see what he did the Sixers last night? So, that man's so a don't shooter. say, so don't say he ain't that got no help. He, like he, he, you're talking about ways. a shooter, a shooter that can give you 16 to 20 off threes, and then you just have Bradley Bill. That's not winning you games. That's not what you need when you have a Thomas Bryant, who I don't even think is a top 50 NBA player. Top, not even he's not mm. even a top 15 big. Then you have I, I thought bringing in Russ was going to be a good move, but right now their chemistry is not there. They're still meshing in, and it's kind of hard to get Russ involved at times when. The man's still believing in this outdated mid-range game, which, again, I hate to say it's outdated, but the mid-range game is, is outdated. It's become more of a 
last resort, third to fourth option when it comes to scoring in the NBA. It's just that's how it is now. Okay. If you look at what the NBA consisted of, you're really attacking the basket first. You're knocking down threes. You're throwing lobs. Then you're shooting mid-range jumpers on an isolation attempt. So because it's, it's just a stagnant offense where you're shooting a lot of mid-range and turn isos. So, again, let's not rush the game. Russ is the best shooter anyway, but he's still learning. He's still trying to get in the flow of it. But even if you take Russ out of the equation, Bill didn't have the talent. He was averaging 36-5 and five last season. Career highs in all his stats. And then this season, he's just transcending that again. He just dropped 60, tying a career high with Gilbert Arenas for 60 points in the game. In a loss, I, I, I guess you could say in the loss. No, it wasn't, I guess. See, they did lose the game, but they made a tremendous comeback against the Sixers. Who were, they were down at one point by 22. And that's the six, and he made a great comeback. You could now, if you say Bradley Bill doesn't win, you're absolutely right. He doesn't win. A lot of superstars <laughs> don't win, but that doesn't make him overrated. It just means that he just never had the talent around him to win. Right, it just I means mean, that he just doesn't get the fair shake. And we're talking about fair, he doesn't get the fair shake that you would want from a superstar talent as, right. as well as he is. Answer this question If you swap Bradley Bill and Damian Lillard, does the Wizard make the playoffs? No. Yep. No. I think so. you're talking about Dame on the Wizards right now. Dame on the Wizards. No, uh, Dame, Dame with the no. Wizards roster right now is doing the same thing Bill's doing. Just maybe he's getting sixty more, more and more times. He's he's right. getting sixty where Bill's getting sixty. What once every month? Does does Dame Bill, getting sixty three does, four times? Does Dame make the Wizards roster last year a playoff team? No, no not even close. Dame's just Dame's again. He's just dropping sixty. He might Dame might literally become if he was on the Wizards roster from last year, the equivalent of what James Harden was for the Rockets before they got a Chris Paul. And he was just getting triple doubles off the wazoo. Okay. But that team was basically a team that was close to getting to the playoffs, but they weren't really, really sniffing it the way you wanted them to sniff the playoffs. But if you were to put Beal and Dane on the – and you switch out McCollum, and you put Beal on the <laughs> – That's not what I asked you. That's, 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 that's not what I asked you. That's a playoff team for sure. That's what's coming from. I ain't asked you all that. I ain't asked you all that. I asked you if you put Dame on the Wizards. No, they're not winning anything. They're no. not winning – Okay. I think I can tell you this though. If you put Beal on the Hawks and switch out Trey Young, I think the Hawks can make the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs now. Don't get me wrong with Trey Young, but I think last season, if you had put Beal on that team with the roster they had, I think the Hawks would have made the AFC. I think they could have done it. That's possible. John Collins, uh, they had still traded for Clint Capella. They had Kevin Herter. You have um, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and then Beal. I think they could have made the playoffs. I think that's an AFC team. They'd have probably took taken the Magic spot. Or they could have potentially taken the net spot. I think that was a team that could have made playoffs. Okay. All right. We'll we'll agree to disagree. Anything else before we? It's okay. Here? When we see Bill get traded soon, because I know it's coming. Pat Riley's gonna make a move soon. I can you just sniff it. He lost out on Giannis. Pat Riley might get a Bill soon. Then we'll, then we'll then we'll have to really then when Bill gets to a contending team, that's when I think we can start talking about the overhype and overratedness of him. Because if he doesn't win on a contending team, then. Everything you said today really falls to him. Just yeah, you're right. He just couldn't get it done. He was an overhyped player. He was good at scoring. He basically, basically, he's, 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 he's the equivalent of what Gilbert Arenas was for the Wizards. Nah, but they Gilbert, weren't a contending team either. Gilbert, Gilbert at least tried on defense. Bill don't put no you're defense. Right. But I, I'm saying give Bill the chance to be on a playoff contender. They were at one point, but he was the back string. Give him the chance to be on a contending team where he's basically the go-to guy. Not the Robin, but he's he's the one-two punch. He's the Batman. He's the Batman. Like if you put him on the Miami Heat, he'll be the Jimmy Butler will probably take the backseat to him because that's Jimmy Butler is a clutch scorer, but he knows if you got that super dynamo score, he wants that guy to get the ball first. That's Jimmy Butler's way. He just wants to win. He's a dog like that. You put Beal on the Heat, 
if they go back to a chip and they lose, or they go to the playoffs and they lose like first round, second round, then it starts to go with the argument you mentioned where he's just not a winner. He can he, he can put up great numbers, but he's not a winner. Because what you now mentioned when this whole argument is that's the same thing people have been saying about Harden this whole, this whole time. He's not a winner. Ah, uh, got a fair point there. Real quick before we wrap everything up, uh, would you do Harden for Simmons straight up, Jared? No. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not at all. We've talked about this. I'm not you, doing it. You guys. Tobias you guys is making his case stop. to be in that hard entry. Tobias, Shake Mill, and Matisse Thibel in the first when round. You, when, you, when you guys come to the conclusion that you guys are inter- interested in winning, then we can talk. You already know where I stand. <laughs> you already know where I stand. All right. All right. Drop, yeah, we know where you stand. Drop your socials for the people. Uh, Twitter, Prince Brahim, one, two. Then Instagram, same thing without the two. Right. And I'm just waiting for Darren Murray to make that move, man. I'm just standing here, just standing pat waiting. I know he's going to do the right thing. I'm waiting. <laughs> waiting day by day. Week by week now. Week by week. Uh, follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. You should follow me on all your favorite socials at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore J-Dub Hughes. I got it right this time. Definitely follow the podcast. We are at 425 followers. We didn't get to hit the growing. new year mark. We were so close, but continues to help us grow. Get us to 500 followers. Get us the new goal is going to be a thousand now. So if we get to 500, we're going to go to 750. How about that? I'm new a year, new year, 750. New year, new goals. Definitely making, uh, trying to make all the, the necessary moves to continue to grow. Thank everyone for listening. Make sure you make sure you follow him on SoundCloud as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 on, I'm on everything, yo. This is the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> the, man, the man got hits for days. Keep it locked. Keep it lit straight to the point. <laughs>